it's so great to be with you. It's so great to have a, even just a handful of people in here just trying to restart on a Sunday with some staff and volunteers. And we just give a shout out to everyone that's here. Thank you for coming. And, um, and all those at home watching, you know, with YouTube or, or Zoom now, yay. Just look to see how you can encourage someone today. I'm so glad that Sarah's with us, yay. <laughs> so, um, okay, so this message all just started with um, a dream, you know, that I had about a week and a half ago. I woke up, you know, just awake with this dream that it was almost like I was awake, asleep, but asleep, and it all came. And, you know, I've been praying, as so many of you have been, about the state of our nation, about COVID ending, about all of the... Um, the racial concerns that we just want to be bridges and love and all that. And, and this is what just came out of my dream. And it was, um, it was the Lord speaking to me and saying, what needs to be released in this hour in this nation, and I declare it even as I'm saying it, is encouragement and exhorter, the exhorter and the encourager. And um, I just saw like, this is what he wants to do. And I also saw in this dream, a five-point survey where people can actually measure up to see, all right, am I fully moving out in this, in this, you know, exhorter, encourager, you know? And I also, during that time, I thought of Sarah, too, because I know she's such an exhorter, and I, and I said, Sarah, what is your gift? Anyway, so that's how we kind of came to that, uh, to, to do this together, you know? And, and it was really, it's the Lord's heart. You know, so we want to just start with the scripture from Hebrews 3.13, uh, New King James Version. It says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today. Okay, and New NIV says, encourage one another daily. So this is not written to one or two disciples. This is written to the entire Hebrew population of Christians that were scattered all over. And that means it's me and you too, is that we are called. It's not just if you have the gift of exhorter. It's not just, you know, well, we know prophecy, you know, is a, you, it's a, to encourage, exhort, uplift, all that. It's not limited to that. It's every single person should be looking to see how they can encourage and exhort. And that's the Lord's heart. So we wanted just to share a little bit about that with you today. And um, it's funny because then after I got this, this word, we were all on a prayer call together. I think it was either a Tuesday or Wednesday. We, you know, you pray your dreams. You're supposed to pray into the things that the Lord speaks to you. So I told the group that was uh, on a Zoom prayer call, and, um, and we started praying into it. And even Curtis Roth, he said, encouragement is like filling a hole in a wall. And I was like, I have to, I have to quote that one. I've got to write that one down. Because, you know, when you need to be uplifted, like Man, when you're around somebody that does that to you, it just speaks volumes, you know? So, yeah, Sarah, what do you have to yeah, say about in that? <laughs> Tammy fashion, um, we were on the Zoom call. First of all, it's such an honor to even sit here. Yeah. Our, like, my first time back at church in, like, four months, and, like, I'm just, like, the presence of God is so real <laughs> even right now, and... <laughs> It's just such an honor to even um, encourage our church body um, in, in such a crazy time. But um, 
Yeah, in Tammy fashion, she just messaged me during a midday call. We're all, you know, on the Zoom call together. It's just a handful of us. And she's like, I want to do a message with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I like texted my boyfriend. I'm like, what do you think this really means? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, um, and then she shared the dream with me. And um, so I was just honored that she would even ask to um, speak on this and just to encourage our family during this time and not only encourage you guys, but how we can be encouraged to in encourage others. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to give you a disclaimer right now. Like, there is no format to this. We are just flowing together. That's what we always end up doing on these prayer calls. Um, and I know you and Jules did this um, several weeks ago, and it was literally mm. one of my favorite messages that we heard mm. through YouTube because it was just f you guys flowing together with decades and decades mm. of connection. And um, so, yeah, I'm just honored yeah. to be here to do, do that with you today. Yeah, so one of the things that I remembered when I was asking Sarah is like we know she's had such a passion for homeless people and and just people that are hurting not just homeless people that are hurting and just kind of really need that somebody to come underneath them and you know the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity you know it's it, his name in Greek is, is comfort is, is um is paraclete, right? And that means a comforter. So it's interesting that encourager is paraclesi. So it's almost the same word, you know? <laughs> so here we are. And I, and I remember um, a couple of years ago, there was a Friday night that um, we, for I don't know, one point in the service, you know, our Encounter God services are just so much fun of just being in the presence and just waiting on the Lord. We never, that's when we don't fully have a script for. We kind of know, you know, in advance, the prayer leader knows like which way we're going to go. We think we know. And then the Lord breaks in. And this particular night, um, you know, we had called Sarah up to the front. She was pretty newer to the fellowship, right? And then she, she was just in a puddle of tears on the floor because the Lord was breaking her heart for homeless people, for the underdog and everything. And, and, um, and that transpired into, you know, so many good things of reaching out. But there was one family in particular that many, maybe many of the newer people in our community don't know is that, you know, there was a, a couple with children that, you know, were on, um, on drugs and were on the street, and their children were taken into foster care. And um, she stood with them, and she, she arranged from our community, okay, they can stay in one person's house and then another person's house and, and in her home. And then even from there, you know, they got their kids back, and their kids are still with them. And, and you, all of you, and you're giving help to provide for them for housing for a year. That's something that this community did. We, we, got, we prepaid their housing for a year because we just felt like, you know, you say you can't win everybody, but you can do for the one person in front of you. And one at a time, who knows what we can do? So this is the gift of what an encourager can do. You know, and it's hard, you know, we don't toot our own horns, right? So, but I can at least say that about that's what Sarah brought to us is like this thing of like, hey, we have to go after the one and not let, you know, not let anybody be behind if they want, 
you know, if they will receive that uplift, right? <laughs> so um, did you want to start with the Acts 4 thing or right. something so else? Okay. <laughs> on, the, on the midday call, um, Tammy just kept on talking about Barnabas, which is, you know, a Bible character that we don't always focus on a lot, but it's just something that's been coming up in my world a lot. Um, and his name means son of encouragement. So um, the first time he's mentioned in the book of Acts, so I'm going to read this to you. It's Acts 4, 34 to 37. Um, you know, this is a scripture when everyone got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, and then they talk about how everyone just like sold all their stuff and brought it to the apostles' feet and just let entrusted their finances, the treasures of their heart. Um, and for the work of the ministry. So in Acts 434, it says, some who own houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without. Not a single person among them was needy. For example, there was a Levite from Cyprus named Joseph who sold his farmland and placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. They nick nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement or encourager. And, you know, like, we read that a lot, actually. Like, I read Acts a lot. Um, it, you know, particularly Acts 2, 3, you know, everyone in the upper room and all that. And I just thought it was interesting because he's not mentioned till later on in Acts 9 when Saul, you know, encounters the Lord. Um, but he was mentioned kind of as a side mention, like, oh, yeah, for example, there was this guy named Joseph who sold his farmland um, and brought it to the apostles' feet. Like, he was using it as an example. Um, and I was, you know, and then, you know, later on, Tammy's going to talk about just, like, how he encouraged Saul um, before the Jews and all that. But, like, when we think of, and he's kind of like the king of encouragement, right? Like in the book of Acts in the New Testament, it's like, okay, we need to, we need to look at the whole person of Joseph Barnabas because he clearly was totally surrendered and devoted to the gospel and devoted to the work of the ministry and, and trusted the apostles to, you know, spread the gospel. And it's like, encouragement flows out of that like encouragement just doesn't start because it's a performance or like oh i should be an encourager encourager therefore i'll encourage and you know it really tells you where his heart was um before he kind of became and nick was nicknamed the encourager so yeah i mean when i read that scripture i wonder what were the disciples going through these new fledgling disciples what pressures did they have? Like, yes, we know thousands were added daily and so forth, but this was something so new. Why would they, in the beginning of Acts, like Sarah said, why would they take this man whose name is Joseph and, and change his name to son of encourager? Like, he must have, I could just picture him just hanging around them and just like, oh, I could tell they need this. I could tell they need that. Oh, you know what? we're taking care of all these widows right now. Let me just go sell this field, you know, and, and just, and then, hey, you know, give it to them, you know. And, and so to, to change your name, you know, <laughs> from Joseph to Barnabas, like this is who he is. And he's a Levite from Cyprus. So that means he had 
his family line, Old Testament family line, were from the priesthood. Whoa. But he received Jesus, so he became a completed Jew. Ha ha. <laughs> Okay, when I read the Bible, sometimes it's like you read it as a story, but I had to really put it into like modern day context. I'm like, okay, this is as though if I owned a condo in, I don't know, Long Island City, looking at the view of the city, right? $500,000. And me saying, okay, I want to see the work of the kingdom advance. I want to see the message, the message of Jesus you know, spread everywhere. I'm going to sell this condo. My one, maybe it was his one and only asset. I don't know. And he sold it. And it's like me selling that condo, bringing a lump sum of cash or wiring that money to Bill and Tammy and saying, yeah, use it for the work of the ministry. Not so to me, to the church. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, to the apostles, to the people that are spreading the kingdom. But it's like, it shows the radical abandonment and surrender and devotion so hopefully that gives you context um to yeah to what barnabas did so if we read the storyline further down in acts um now saul you know we all know he was the one persecuting the the christians the early christians and um you don't even have to turn to it but i, I could just read it acts uh, 8 verse 3 saul began to destroy the church Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And um, you think, like, everybody should be afraid and run the other direction from this man. This is, you know, we can't trust him. We can't trust anything about him. But Barnabas, um, you know, there's something about an encourager. You can see past the current actions, the current behavior of a person and and you can really go underneath and support and that's what he did he wasn't afraid of Saul and his reputation uh, Barnabas was fearless he was seeking the Lord you know seeking what's the Lord he was able to perceive by the Holy Spirit without fear blinding his own eyes that this man is needed for the kingdom and so, um, Sarah, do you want to read the story in Acts when, when after Saul gets saved and he becomes Paul and he tries to come in, Acts 9, right. 26. Okay, so this is Acts 9, 27. I'm reading from the New King James. Oh, from 26. I could right. do 26 if you want. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Acts 9, 26. Thank you. We're flowing together. Okay. Um, even, okay, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he attempted to introduce himself to the fellowship of the believers, but everyone was afraid of him because they doubted he was a true disciple. Come on. And then what? Right. It goes on to say, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them um, at Jerusalem coming in and out and going out, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, and they attempted to kill him. So Barnabas was a bridge builder. He put his own reputation on the line, and that's what we do. We, we can... We can, we all can, we all can put our, not just our reputation, but like, you know, people know who you are and you just, you know, you just being an advocate for them. You're just saying, no, they're okay. 
I will, I will take care of this. I will be that bridge builder. I will speak to them. That's building a disciple. That's seeing the gold in the rough. And that's who God has called us to be as the church. We started with the scripture that said we are all called to encourage daily. So that means that we got to take off these critical eyes of the world, that the world has trained us to have critical eyes. And we just got to say, Lord, forgive us and give us your sight. What are you saying about the situation right now? I love that when we teach the prophetic classes here, you know, Claudia and Kathy, they've been doing it for years here. They're always saying, ask the Lord, what does he see about this person? What is he saying about this person? And speak that. You speak the good. You speak the gold out of them and not, you know, and I'm speaking to myself too, because I have not arrived. You know, I want the Lord to cleanse my eyes from that critical way of viewing people and, um, and seeing things. I mean, I'll be honest with you during this time of pandemic and shutdown or whatever, you know, your own cracks start to show. So I was like, uh Oh, time for sozos again, you know? So in my, in my world, you know, (laughs) this sozo minister just really encouraged me to my thoughts about the persons in my family that just scramble my head, you know, just to speak blessing over their spirit, blessing over the person that's um, annoying you, afflicting you, or hating you, or doing bad things to you, you know, just to bless in your bless their spirit that they will hear from the Lord and and all that. And this is what Barnabas did. I mean, yeah, to him it sounds so easy, but man, this is where, (laughs) this is, the Lord wants to build that up in each of us, right? His name was Son of Encouragement, which is Yos, um, Yos is his son, uh, Baraklisis, so it's, it's a son of encouragement, and that means to come alongside, and even with it, there's hints of it that it's joy, that you're also releasing joy. Um, and so joy is, uh, is, is, a, is a byproduct, even, of what you can do. Yeah, and I think I also ra- read in the Passion Translation, his name also means son of a prophet. Um, and it's, it's interesting, because encouragement and prophecy go hand in hand. And that's something that I'm so blessed for. I'm so blessed for our family, because, you know, I didn't know anything about the prophetic, like... I just didn't. Um, And to come here to take the prophetic classes, to hear God's heart, to feel God's heart for other people, that's encouragement, you know? And that's the only way I know for me I can look beyond the shell or beyond someone's anger or beyond someone's hurt or beyond someone's drug abuse. It's to prophetically see and sense and feel the heart of God for them. And it's so supernatural, right? That's why I think, like, I've been thinking about encouragement a lot, you know, since she asked me to um, share with her on this. But encouragement is supernatural. And, like, I just want to, like, and then I thought about it. I'm like, what's kingdom encouragement? What's godly encouragement versus worldly encouragement? Because we know we encounter both. We sometimes, I sometimes move in both, and I know when my words are empty. Huh. Or I know when I'm encouraging, let's say, even a homeless person, and I'm not doing it from that place of uh, rest, identity, and overflow versus me performing 
an encouraging word. And so even as we're talking about this right now, like I just wanna encourage you guys, like this is a heart check. This is about the heart. It's not our performance to encourage well. And we're going to go into the five-point assessment. But as soon as I hear the word assessment, I'm like, am I performing right? And it's, that's not the point of this, you know, this chat with you guys. It's like, okay, let's really look inward. Especially in this time of, like, still, like, half quarantining. Like, we, let's take this time to fully mature in love before we can go out again freely and to really be the light of the world and salt of the earth. So um, I think this dream is so timely because it's like, man, we have not a long time, I believe. I'm believing the second wave won't come or it won't hit, you know, but like this is the time to really do a lot of heart checks. And I know like in our community, like a lot of us, that's where, you know, we've been. It's a lot of heart checks and resting in him in this season. So um, it's so timely. But yeah, in terms of kingdom encouragement and worldly encouragement, you know, I, you know, I just sat with the Lord this morning. I'm like, what's the difference? And worldly encouragement, I realize it's always like it puts pressure on you because it's kind of like self-focused. Like, Sarah, you're great. Like, you're great at this. You know, and, and it's that focus on my performance or like me feeling like I need to measure up to that kind of like flat encouragement versus kingdom encouragement, it's always pointing back to Jesus. Like it's always like his ability, like my reliance on him. And it's like, there's such a so delineation good. like between the two. Cause, and you know when you receive it, cause it feels flat, like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. You know, versus like, yeah, it's his might, it's his power, it's his strength in me you know, versus like my ability or whatnot. So I think it's important to, yeah, like we know when we're, cause we know our own hearts. We know when we're encouraging from a place of like, am I even encouraged versus just doing it cause I should, cause it, that's the godly Christian thing to do. So I think even as we go on with the assessment, it's like really let's check our hearts and our motives. And it, am I doing this out of performance or because I really believe it? Like, I really feel it and believe it for this person. And I do see the gold in whoever, you know, that needs the encouragement. That's so beautiful. And if we just follow along the story with Barnabas, um, you know, what was happening, the, the gospel was spreading, especially because they had peace now, Saul got converted, and all of a sudden, non-Jewish people were receiving Jesus. And this was like in Antioch. And the disciples like, oh my gosh, somebody's better go check this out. <laughs> so who do they decide to send? Reliable, faithful Barnabas. So they sent Barnabas to check it out. And that's uh, Acts 11. And um, yeah, he goes and he checks it out. And uh, you know, he said, it's from 1120, he came and he saw the grace of God and he was glad and encouraged them all. And, uh, and then as soon as that happened, Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. Everything's going great in Antioch, but his, on his heart is, the Lord spoke to him to keep after this man and to keep discipling him. So he's going to go find him. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. 
So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. He gave him a ministry platform. He set him up for success. Even knowing that, you know, they nicknamed, uh, they nicknamed uh, Paul, they nicknamed him Hermes because he was the main, the chief speaker. So in other words, like, even knowing that you're not going to be considered, you know, the best. Like, that's how much we have to encourage. You see the gold in somebody. It's just like, it's just like in the Old Testament when Jonathan, his best friend was David, and he knew David was supposed to be king, not Jonathan. And, and it was his own, you know, it was his own neck, and he was saying, David, I love you. I know you're supposed to be king. It's the same thing. Can we encourage to that end, even if somebody's going to be better than us or bigger than us or... I don't know, whatever it is, you know, like, can we do that? Ha ha. Yes, we can. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it's going low. It's humility. It's, I mean, you wrote in the notes, Tammy, like, bridges were meant to be walked on. Um, that takes humility, right? So... And as you're saying that, I'm just like, man, we also like have this modern day way of like thinking about encouragement as just words, right? Or flattery even. But it's like the dude went with Saul and did ministry for years. Like, meaning this is action. Like he would lay down whatever he was doing clearly to go with Paul on, you know, on Paul's first missionary trip. So Encouragement isn't just, hey, guys, you got this, or like, hey, you're great. It's like going low, laying it all down, even your own, you know, dreams, you know. Um, I felt like I did that for a season, but the reward is um, there's no number there's no it, it's the reward there's nothing like the reward because it's going to come at you be brought back to you the fruits of that labor or co-laboring with whoever you're even championing it's going to be far beyond and it's going to minister to you more than you know maybe that person um and i'm just like as i'm saying that i'm just like being reminded of us helping you know that homeless couple we're talking about I feel like they've done more in my life than I could. Yeah, I know they have because it's changed me. That encounter Tammy's talking about on this rug <laughs> that Friday night, like all, you know, it happened out of encounter, so we can't negate that, right? Encounter, hearing from the Lord, being in the secret place with him. All of this flows out of that, so like let's go there. It's out of identity and rest and knowing whose you are and how loved you are um, and hearing from him and out of that supernatural encounter or what whatever um, or word, it's like you're able to flow. But um, now I'm ranting. I don't even know why I said all that. But yeah, it's good. It's good. It, it's just it's we want the heart of the Lord. So, you know, I was asking the Lord, when do we need this gift of encouragement and exhorter, and obviously we need it now, right? But it was when there are divisions and controversies, you might need it even more. You know, so 
it's our opportunity to put on love, to love looks like something right now. And um, I was asking a friend of mine who's actually ministered here many times, she's African-American woman, I said to her, what can I do right now? What, what is it? What does it look like? What, what can I do right now to help build, you know, a ra this racial gap, to, to help make the right things wrong, you know? And she said to me, Tammy, if you see something that's racial, that's uh, like a racial slur or something that's biased is coming out of someone's mouth, say something. Don't just like, you know, turn the other way or walk away. You know, as a white woman, this is what I can do, and this is what I want to do. And I was like, thank you so much. You know, would you, like, you know, I'm, we're just asking everyone. We want to hear and learn from everyone, but we also then want to put our, you know, our, put these things into action and not just go to sleep with it, you know, not just turn the other cheek with it. So in any way, we can be the, the encouragement and the exhorters that the Lord wants us to be. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, are we sons of encouragement? Like, Paul and, and Barnabas, Barnabas did not leave things half done. He just kept running after. And we don't have time to go into how he did this with John Mark, but this was a process in his life. That would be like a part two if we do that. But this is just clearly something who, that he was and he did all the time. And um, I could tell you that, um, you know, this is really great. So people that are misunderstood, people that have lost and fallen out of favor, you know, you, are you advocating for those? <laughs> these, are, these are awesome things. All right. And so for the assessment, we just wanted to do this five-point assessment. We pulled some ideas together, and everybody get a pen and paper if you're, if you're watching um, through Zoom, through YouTube, or whatever, and just keep these things in your mind. You just use your phone. You could, you could use your phone, okay? The five points we're going to read, uh, mark, you know, just mark how you, um, how you feel you line up with it. So zero would be not at all. Little is one. Some is two. A lot is three. You know, and we're asking, answer honestly, not what you hope to be, but this is to assess to the extent that you're operating as an encourager, exhorter right now. Okay? All right, so we're going to read some statements, and let's see how we all do with this. And, and it's, it's really just to see, like Sarah said, it's not about performance, but it's about, okay, God, I want you to grow me up in this area. I need to grow up now. Come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like meet now. Now we're ready for meat here. All right. I'll read number one and then Sarah will do two and we'll go back and forth. Number one, I have a desire to give words from the Lord that would edify, exhort, and comfort others. In fact, I ask the Lord for words that will encourage others speaking life over them. Okay, so think about that. Do you build people up? Do you ask Holy Spirit what he's saying about a person in case they forgot? Or do you like to complain about them, you know what I mean? Or criticize, you know? And, uh, and that comes from the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. Do you want to read that one, the first 1 Corinthians 14? Or I could even just read it. Yeah, it's on there. It's on number one. 
Yeah, there you go. Pursue love yeah. and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understand it, understands him. However, in the spirit, he, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Amen. So that's prophecy, and we believe in it. And that's what it, that would, you know, to take it to the fullest, right? It's not about doing, it's living it all the time, not just when we're in church or, you know, things like that. I mean, I'm reminded even if a few weeks ago we were on a prayer call, and actually Colt, Pastor Colt, actually signed off the prayer call for a moment because as he was sitting in this building getting air conditioning repair, the Lord gave him a word for for the guy doing the air conditioning maintenance. <laughs> Is that the coolest? And the guy was flipping out like, wait, what? Like, how do you know this person that I know? You know, and he's like, I don't, but God does and wants to encourage you, you know. Another example that I'm reminded of, um, I remember Chris Valatin from Bethel Church. Um, I think it was during a prophetic conference or something, but he was talking about one of his assistants or someone who works for him. And he was saying... Um, and he was saying it in the context of um, having a culture of honor. And he said, you know, this girl memorizes everyone's prophetic words, like their prophetic words, right? So we're in a prophetic community. For example, let's say like, I don't know, David Wagner comes, prophesies over someone. She would memorize, like write on index cards their words because she always wanted to be intentional to look at these people through the eyes of God and through the filter of his love, his heart for these yeah. people. And so that level of intentionality like really convicted me. Um, but I get it. I'm like, that's the heart of God. Like for me sometimes, like I love hearing, like I'll replay like some of like my friend's prophetic words over and over again um, so that I can like randomly remind them, like remember what he said about you, like, miracle signs and wonders are going to break out in God's mercy and kindness. And, like, I get to regularly exhort and encourage, like, my friends. Because that is, like, I believe it. I believe in prophecy. I believe in the word of the Lord. So um, that's just an example, like, maybe even a practical tool to be like, okay, how can I really intentionally um, encourage my friends or you know, or for like with your example, a stranger. So number two. Okay, so number two, and let me remind you again, don't get into performance mode as we're like doing this assessment, just like really like, this is heart check for us, you know? So it's, uh, I have encouraged and helped the wavering, the troubled, or the discouraged with my words and my actions. Do people look forward to being in my presence because I lift up their spirits, bringing strength, encouraging words, comfort, and consolation? Like, yeah. Do people like being with you for those things? Yeah. That's so beautiful. And um, we do have, you know, like if there's a scripture assigned to it, it's Acts 14, 22. You know, he's given gifts to men and to encourage, encourage with all your heart. You know, that's basically Acts 14, 22. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, um, 
Yeah, I'll do number three. I can effectively motivate people to action and to purposely pursue what they are supposed to do. So part of being an encourager is also motivating people, right? Like coaches motivate, you know, can I motivate people? And um, the scripture verse for that is uh, Hebrews 10, 24. It says, discover, and this is the Passion Translation. We're flipping translations a bunch this today. Discover creative ways to encourage others and motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Ha ha. <laughs> That's so good. When you have prophetic insight, and let's say you know the dreams of God over their lives, it's so much easier to do. And it, it comes as an outflow and byproduct because you know and you've seen glimpses of what God's doing in people's lives. So to motivate encourage, and to encourage should be an overflow and a byproduct of that because it's like you've gotten a glimpse of their, of their future um, and what God has for them. So... Um, which leads us to number four. Um, people come to me in their affliction or suffering because they know that I will listen to them and understand. I have a desire to effectively stand by those in need. This looks like being emotionally invested. Yeah. Um, that's real. Yeah. Like sometimes... Yeah, it's choosing connection, mm. like beyond just the encouraging word, choosing relationship. Um, and when you choose relationship, you're going to be emotionally invested. And when you're emotionally invested, you're going to go out of your comfort zone to encourage. Even when, let's say, you're drained from doing it or saying the same thing over and over again, and let's say you know, they're not getting it, but when you are emotionally invested and connected, you're gonna lay all that down, and you're you're gonna yeah you're gonna be emotionally invested. So therefore, you will um, be an encourager to people that need it. Yes, and of course, all this is within boundaries, right? Like you know, <laughs> the Lord will give you <laughs> the boundaries in all these things. Yeah. All right. Number five. This is our last one. I have helped others. Find a biblical solution to their affliction, suffering, or questions. I explain how to apply God's word to everyday life. Okay, this one can be the trickiest of all of them. The others seem more straightforward when you think about it. But this one is like, okay, you know, somebody is just not getting it, and you're trying to explain them and teach them based on the word of God. And that's why the scripture attached to this one is, is, kind, is very important. It's Titus 1, 7 through 9, New King James Version. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, and given to wine, uh, but not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover what is, of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, this is the part, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So it's really being able to give an explanation of the scripture 
and sound doctrine and just to help the people get the understanding of, okay, this is why you're going through this. This is what you need to do. Like how many times do people come with us? This, this one did this to me. They wronged me. This is that. And it's like, okay, well, the scripture says we have to forgive. I mean, that also is an exhortation. And, you know, we, so this, there's a part of exhorting that has to bring people in line. Like, no, yeah, bad things happen, but we have to forgive. You know, so that's an example of it. So you, because it could kind of sound vague. And none of us like to do that part. It's so much easier. Oh, bless you. I, I, the Lord gave me this beautiful picture of you, whatever. But sometimes we have to say, hey, you know what? You, you know, the, this person, you know, you want to be blessed in your life, you know, it's the Lord's turn the other cheek, whatever it is. And this is a part that, yes, we don't all love to do, but it's part of being an exhorter and encourager. So um, we hope you were really blessed by this today, and we're blessed by giving this out. And we just pray a spirit of exhortation come on each one that we would seek to do this out. Maybe this will be a part two as well. Um, Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to say? Yeah. I, um, I really feel like we can't give what we don't have. We can't. Like, that's just how it is. And if we're not encouraged ourselves, like, you're not going to encourage others. Straight up, that's how it is. And so I think even as we, like, as, like, you guys have gone through this heart check, not performance assessment it's a heart check it's like okay if I'm not really doing this and this isn't naturally flowing out of my life am I even encouraged right now like and this is a crazy time right in a lot of different ways um, but as children as sons and daughters of God it's scriptural to be encouraged and to have joy all the time um, it's supernatural. It doesn't mean it's easy, but but that's just our portion. That's our inheritance. So I think even as you just do this, you know, hard check, because we need it for each other, because, you know, the Apostle Paul, it's like, encourage each other daily. So we should be doing this for each other as a family daily, right? So it's like, we need it to to live in these times, to encourage each other. But more so than that, it's like, once we've perfected that in love, and love is the true mark of maturity, it's like, then we can do it for the world around us that really need it. And I just wanna, you know, like I told Tammy this when we were talking about this, but I was, you know, I, I got into the biking recently and we were just standing outside of a supermarket and I've been in quarantine like so like hardcore and in a way I felt self-absorbed because I wanna, minister and give out, but I really feel like this is also, I mean, we have to be um, isolated more, but it was kind of my first time just like hanging out on the street, sweating, drinking seltzer water, and this dude just came up to me, like very, like rapping at me, like rapping music, and he was like a younger um, black dude, probably in his early 20s, um, and you know, my boyfriend and I just stood there and I'm like, do not respond in fear, because that's what he's expecting. And so I just stood there. I had sunglasses on, but I just stood there. And the word of the Lord came. Clearly, I didn't know it was the word of the Lord at the time, but he said, point to your bike. 
because he was rapping and then he was like, you know, I just walked 40 blocks from Bed-Stuy and trying to lose weight. So he was starting to go into this angry rant and then I, I pointed to my bike. I was like, you should get one of these. But that was what broke him and in that moment, he started crying. And I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> what? But it, it was a connection that he had to his brother, I think that he had lost while he was biking from Coney Island somewhere. And so that's what broke him, the anger. And in that moment, we were to lay hands on him. He didn't even have a mask, to be honest. And we, with no fear, we laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he needed that encouragement, guys. Like, he needed that. Because I think everyone was responding to him in serious fear. Especially because he's not, you know, walking up to people with a mask on. But, you know, his name was James, of course. And we encouraged him. And, like, later, because encourager... And encouragement looks like something, it's not just words. Like I really felt like we needed to like go and like give him 20 bucks. So we like rode the bike, thank God for bikes. Like you don't have to, like I didn't need to run in that moment, but I just like biked there and handed him the 20. And he was in an argument with another group of black guys um, saying like, you know, like he was like, I guess maybe asking them for money and they weren't helping, but we rolled up, clearly I'm not black. Um, my boyfriend isn't either, and we were like, hey, hey, buddy, like, we want to bless you with this. And he was like, yo, like, these people want to help me. Like, these people want to help me, see? And, it, like, in that moment, it was kind of like I had a revelation, like, kingdom and being sons and daughters is what's, like, that's the healing. That's racial healing. Because it wasn't about his black brothers and sisters helping him or siding with him in that moment, but it was just like, like, the kingdom thing was to give, to give generously, to encourage in that moment. And, like, I was kind of seeing it play out. I was like, whoa, this is, God's showing me something. Like, this is, this is what it's going to take. Us, sons and daughters, not moving in fear, having you know because perfect love casts out all fear and in that like we're gonna have supernatural courage which is what the apostles had boldness and courage to speak the word of the lord that's what's gonna break this you know and this is what's gonna bring healing true healing to our black brothers and sisters and anyone that's broken oppressed marginalized um that's who we're called to so so yeah i just yeah i guess i want to round out and just say like that's it. I mean, the world needs encouragement. That guy, he, he had lost everyone. He didn't have his family. He said he went to his aunt in Bed-Stuy and she threw him $2 in a water bottle. You know, like the world needs us right now. Love looks like something. And we lay down our lives, but we know, you know, we lose it, but we truly gain it. And even with Barnabas, that's what he did. And at the end of his life, he was stoned in his own country, by his own countrymen. So we don't know what tomorrow brings for us, but we have to be fearless and we have to love well. So let's all rise up to be encouragers. Amen, thank you. <laughs>